Hey, what's up, guys? This is KD Cloudy. Welcome to another episode of Clouds on Air. And in this, we'll be talking about Spider-Man: No Way Home. Man, I I cannot I cannot believe that this film exists, and I actually watched this film. I mean, that's that's the exact thing I tweeted after uh, after walking out of the theater. Right off the bat, it's easily I think the best experience I've had in theater. I I haven't enjoyed a movie more in a theater. I mean, plus yeah. Before we go any further, I would say that uh, uh, there's gonna be spoilers in this. So by any chance you haven't watched this movie, that's your warning. And I don't think there's a single soul who hasn't watched this movie up till now, or at least <laughs> doesn't know what's gonna happen in this. Because I mean, every single person I talk to, friends, and you know, even family, like people who don't actively. you know watch movies or haven't watched a single uh, movie in a theater th- uh, during this pandemic are going out and watching this film in a theater which is which is great news you know for me as a as a movies fan and as a spiderman fan you know it's it's amazing and like if you if you want a perspective of how many people are watching this film the this movie is like the box office numbers are like off the charts This movie is clocking around at like six hundred million dollars worldwide, which you know, firstly unprecedented and like best numbers for any movie release in this pandemic, and it's actually kind of competing with you know the biggest movies of all time like Infinity War and Endgame. You know, it's crazy. It blew right past Eternals, Shang Chi, and Black Widow, Dune, and all these other movies. Venom in a single weekend. It's crazy. The hype around the hype for this movie is absolutely bonkers, and it's right behind Fast and Furious Nine and No Time to Die to become the highest-grossing Hollywood movie of this entire year. And I'm pretty sure that's going to happen soon. And it's also going to touch a billion dollars, which is actually, you know what, a, like an amazing news for theatrical releases. There has been a, this this looming curse and like around theatrical releases with. Uh, movies very quickly shifting to streaming and digital platforms and you know all these things and you know spider-man i, I think spider-man just saved cinema <laughs> as weird as that sounds but so yeah i hope movie studios re- realize that you know movie theaters are are dead and they still kind of uh, go ahead with theatrical releases because you know i love movie theaters i love watching movies in theaters so Uh, this is absolutely okay we are getting sidetracked over here let's talk let's talk about this film uh but yeah before we talk about this particular film i would like to just kind of give you a sense of uh like how big of a spiderman fan i am and the word big doesn't even quite you know capture it <laughs> i mean i'm a huge spiderman fan and I, to be honest i was even like even more so like a bigger fan than uh, like as a kid than i am right now i was obsessed i was crazy with spiderman i started watching those movies you know uh, the sam raimi movies uh, the original uh, first three movies when i was like 4 or 5 years old that was like 2006 and i used to watch them on tv then my parents got me the series and all uh 
and I watched Spider-Man 2 before Spider-Man 1 then I watched Spider-Man 1 again then 2 again I I used to I used to watch them all like all the time all the time I like it was great I was really into it and uh, I would because I, I had the CD I, I could just pause the film and, and I would just uh, draw those frames and I would draw this uh, Tobey Maguire suit and that's like I used to draw a lot of shit in when I was a kid and that's all I would draw I would, I would just draw my favorite characters and Spider-Man was like at the top of it and right now what it feels like a hundred times I, I, I must have drawn th- that suit like a hundred times and every single detail about the suit each and every line of webbing every little single detail the spider logo the subtle change in the first movie in the second movie every single thing is imprinted in my head you know and also you know i i, I had toys and all sorts of merchandise you know my parents used to buy me a lot of shit <laughs> you know bed sheets and all. i had a full-blown costume it was a cheap costume but it was a full-blown costume and in, i was the happiest spider-man fan in the world <laughs> you know as as we as like cheesy as that sounds or whatever and yeah it was 2007 and i was already like neck deep invested in spider-man and spider-man 3 just released and i watched it in theaters and that was i guess i was six years old and spider-man 3 was i guess my first ever hollywood movie that i watched in the theater my memory is a little hazy between harry potter and the order of the phoenix and uh, and this particular movie but i'm gonna give the edge to this movie because I think it released before but yeah I, I I remember being blown away by the film and as a kid you know like do you even criticize anything after watching something cool you don't your brain isn't developed enough to complain about plot holes or rushed plots or too many villains or all that stuff I, I just had a good time and that's all I remember and 2007 was basically peak spider-man hype for me and i got you know a pc we got a pc and the internet a few years later around 2008 or 9 and all i would do was just google spider-man for trailers spider-man for news spider-man for posters and you know refresh the wikipedia page all the day every day and i was really hyped for spider-man 4 sam raimi spider-man 4 with toby mcguire in it and i was just looking forward to it but nothing happened and eventually as we all know now the movie got cancelled and as a kid I wasn't really like I just I just quickly lost interest and all that hype was suddenly dead to me you know Spider-Man was like my number one loved superhero but you know I watched all the cartoons and stuff but there was no new live action media or live action content coming in so I suddenly lost interest. I watched every single cartoon there was in existence on TV and on YouTube and whatever. And I just ran out of Spider-Man media to consume. And, you know, there is a certain amount of, you know, rewatchability something can have. And I just lost interest at that point. And yeah, I went through an intense Ben 10 phase from 2009 to 10, if I remember that correctly. It was pretty intense. It was pretty intense. Uh, but yeah, then I forgot about Ben 10 as well. Uh, uh, and right around 2010, I, I watched the first Iron Man movie. I was blown away by it. And the MCU just, just you know, kick-started 
I was getting really invested into the MCU and this whole Avengers thing they were doing. And right around at that time, you know, we see these first look photos and this huge news that the Spider-Man franchise is going to be rebooted. And uh, I still remember looking at those uh, those first look photos of Andrew Garfield in that Spider-Man costume and I was really hyped again. I was really excited by the fact that we are getting new Spider-Man content and uh, we are getting we'll be getting to see something new fresh and a younger take at Spider-Man and you know that's all I cared about as a kid you know just more Spider-Man media and something new and fresh to watch and yeah I was excited I was really really excited and you you can go on to my Facebook page right now and look at my first ever profile picture and my first ever cover picture they're they're both spider-man photos of andrew garfield <laughs> they're yeah it, it was, it, yeah it was pretty intense the hype was pretty intense and yeah 2012 comes in the first avengers movie gets released and the spider-man the amazing spider-man one gets released a few months after and mind you at that point i was like fully invested into Iron Man and the MCU and the Avengers made me love it even more you know it just blew my mind and I watched the amazing Spider-Man 1 because you know it, I, I had to watch it because I love Spider-Man but it didn't really blow my mind or anything I loved it I didn't hate it you know I still like there's not a single Spider-Man movie I hate it's just that it did, didn't really do anything for me the the hype levels which I had in 2007 as a kid it didn't come back and i just found i just loved other other superhero like especially iron man more and same thing happened with the amazing spider-man 2 it was fine it was cool it was like new spider-man stuff but again it didn't really do anything for me. I, w- I wasn't as crazy of a spider-man fan at that point and i thought to myself that maybe i've just outgrown out of you know spider-man Maybe, I mean, as a kid, you're naturally more excited about stuff and I'm not a kid anymore. So I thought that maybe this is it. So yeah, those hype levels, that excitement and, you know, that thrill, it just never, you know, it it just peaked when I was a kid and it just never went back to that level as such. So yeah, I was like, yeah, Spider-Man, okay, cool, fine. Uh, that that was my attitude towards Spider-Man at that point. Uh, again, I love Andrew Garfield as, and I'll talk more about it. Uh, but yeah, right around 2015, like Sony, Marvel, Disney and all that thing. And finally, they work, worked some deal out. And in 2015, they officially announced that Spider-Man will be joining the MCU, which was great news for me. And... You know, he made his first appearance in uh, Civil War and then he got his two own films and appeared in Infinity War Endgame and all that. Uh, And now we got No Way Home. And let me tell you, No Way Home was the first time since 2007 that, you know, I reached like the peak level of hype and excitement. I'm not even kidding. This movie... This movie made me feel things I haven't felt in a long time. And that sounds weird. (laughs) That sounds weird. But I'm just so happy. I'm just so happy. And like, this was spectacular. This was a, this was a, 
I don't even have words to say. You know, the experience was like I think more or less that and I'm talking about the excitement over here. The, I'm talking about the experience. I'm not talking about the actual film. You know, if you asked me in the theater while I was cheering and clapping, what would I rate this movie? I would have said five stars, no cap. And but I but I thought about the movie and I let it sink in. And I thought about it and the truth is that it's not a perfect movie. It's a great movie, but it's not a perfect movie, and it's it's remotely not even like my best, you know, my favorite Spider-Man movie or whatnot. It's like yeah, there is a difference, and I do have. a few issues with this film and that's what we're going to discuss uh but let's 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 start with the good stuff first okay first things first charlie cox is back as matt murdock/daredevil he's officially mcu canon now and i couldn't have been happier i mean if you haven't watched daredevil the, like on netflix it's one of those better mcu content you will find it's it's great i watched it earlier this year and i was instantly hooked to the daredevil character and spiderman and daredevil are like a solid you know they team up quite often in the comics and if they choose to do street level stuff in the in the future movies i think and also they have the common you know arch enemy kingpin i would love to see them on screen in their costumes uh, i do think his appearance was a little too short but that brick catching scene was pretty it was it was perfect i wish we got more screen time out of charlie cox but i'm i'm just i'm happy with whatever we got and i really hope he returns for more stuff of course we had all the older actors return william defoe alfred molina and uh, jamie fox for the villains and they were great and yeah just just one nitpick which was something which i observed uh res ifens and thomas hayden church who play lizard and sandman uh, respectively they actually did not return for the roles uh you know the scene where they turned back to humans sandman and lizard those parts were like lifted straight out of you know the previous films I watched this film so many times I could immediately tell that they lifted and they like basically cut out their parts and you know pasted it in this film uh which is like again like a random fun fact of here but I'm glad they returned for their voice roles uh, even though there was like a lot of CGI but yeah that was fine just an epic uh I think the main main three villains were again William Defoe as the green goblin Dockock and uh, Electro yeah and they are fantastic Electro um Jamie Foxx's Electro I think he was just there as like a comic relief slash uh, like somebody who was just there for the quirky dialogue he was just being Jamie Foxx <laughs> and I mean I think William Dafoe just stole the show amazing I think he's the best Spider-Man villain in the entire series of films and he just brought back that 2002 performance and made it even better and that's the thing i, I one thing i was really concerned about is that like sure there's they're going to bait us with nostalgia but how is the film even going to work if uh, they don't they don't establish uh, like a personal connection or like any sort of reason for being there 
if they're pulling them from the older movies and putting it in, in the MCU and you know he's going to fight Tom Holland Spider-Man which whom whom he's never met and though all those complaints were like very well handled the movie picks up these characters right by the left of in the original films and makes them grow there is actual character development especially you know doc ock for example his entire you know arc in spider-man 2 was you know he, like he was taken over by his tentacles and the fact that he fixed it and that line saying all those voices and they're gone i almost forgot all that stuff that was emotional that was like a proper pay off to a movie which came out 17 years ago and you actually get to see more screen time of the good version of doc ock and you actually let you know see him helping out the other spideys which i'll get to in a bit and that's also you know kind of accurate to the comics doc ock was actually another variant of spider-man and some of the comic called the superior spider-man again useless trivia but that that was a cool touch again uh, and coming back to uh, the green goblin i think i enjoyed his performance more in this film than you know the first the 2002 spider-man partially because you know for the entire film they just hide his face with that mask with that silly mask you don't get to see any of that acting you know in this movie you know just just willem dafoe's face and that acting those expressions make him like 10 times more like scarier my point being is that they really use these characters well they brought them back and they use them very nicely in the story every single character not every single one lizard and sandman honestly didn't do jack shit electro i mean his his portrayal was better than the amazing spiderman 2 but it was no way as you know as good as the green goblin and doc ock that's for sure but even after that what i'm trying to say is that they brought these old characters back and they really did a very good job with them in a way that feels earned and it feels like they were they belong to the story and they were not shoved in for no reason and that's 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 all i want let's talk about doctor strange for a bit doctor strange doesn't really do anything for this film and like most people aren't even talking about him and he, yeah that's true but to be fair it was it's the existence of the character of doctor strange and you know the whole magic and the mystic arts and all that stuff which makes a plot like the, the spider verse concept possible in the mcu and not just possible but convincing because we have seen doctor strange pull off some crazy shit in the past you know all this multiverse multiverse stuff feels um feels convincing it it, it like i said before it feels that something like this could happen in the mcu and that whole mirror dimension sequence was awesome i loved it especially it was very trippy in imax and uh, i really liked it it was i think one of the better parts in the film with iconic visuals with rich visuals and the way peter uses you know, and the way spider-man/peter uses his brain and math to kind of you know defeat him in a fight that was that is classic peter parker i loved that scene uh so yeah uh, doctor strange des- deserves a shout out in this film and yeah the post credit scene was weird uh like shoving in a whole astrigular uh, but yeah fun fact 
Doctor Strange 2 is directed by Sam Raimi, the guy who directed the first three films. So I think it was it was it was fitting to kind of uh, put that trailer in the post credit scene. Now let's talk about the meat of this entire movie and the reason why you're even listening to this. Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire are in this movie and they reprise their roles as Spider-Man. I never thought in a million years that I would see Tobey Maguire again in that suit on the big screen. Even Andrew Garfield. Never in a million years. And it just it just made me so happy, you know. I mean, I never thought I would see them as Spider-Man again. Let alone a crossover where all of them are in the same scene. In the same frame. I, I still, I, like, even though I'm talking about it, I, I it feels like a dream, you know. <laughs> it, it doesn't feel real. And every single moment, every single bit of screen time they had, absolutely amazing. And again, the, the stuff I said about, you know, them picking up the characters right where they left off in their old older movies and proceeding from there and giving them some actual character, character development and a reason to be there and be in service of the story all of that applies even to these guys and you know because of that because of the way this plot was written it doesn't feel like hollow nostalgia wait you know they don't just don't the the number one thing i feared was that they'll just drop in at the final fight and just randomly start helping tom hall and spider-man you know, just and make a cameo, show off their faces and then go back to their universes. That's what I feared. And they had quite a lot of screen time. They had quite a lot of, you know, stuff to do in this movie. And the most satisfying part of it all were the character interactions. You know, they're just chilling and talking about random silly stuff and that back cracking. But like that, that's what these MCU movies do. They're so good at character interaction and, you know, talking about the most random, most random messed of things, if that's even a word. But that feels human. That feels organic and earned, you know, and you relate to them more. You know, there's, there's quite a bit of fans of it. I mean, this entire movie is like based on fire, but it doesn't rely too much on it. It's, it's relying on it to make it more enjoyable, but the plot itself is pretty solid. And I'll just... I love the fan service, you know. Every single little callback, you know, to the older movies, you know, Willem Dafoe saying, you know, I'm something of a scientist myself. They reference the memes. Like, it's crazy, you know, how much of a cult following these movies uh, movies have developed. And, uh, you know, you get a sense of, you know, what happened to Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man after, you know, The Amazing Spider-Man 2. You know, he he, he he tells you about it. And I, I honestly want to watch The Amazing Spider-Man 3 now. And even though I was more excited to see Toby in this film, I would have to admit that Andrew just stole the show. And he, I mean, he was just happy to be there. He was just full of energy. He, he was, his acting has gotten a lot of better, I guess. And it was full of charm and like liveliness, which was wholesome in a weird way. Uh, between the three he was kind of like the weird middle child and every little single you know things he did you know i love you guys and i always wanted brothers and him patting Ned's shoulder that was pretty funny he was 
you could you could sense that passion you know andrew garfield is like absolutely in love with uh playing spider-man and you could you could feel that and i loved it i i think he overshadowed uh toby and tom just maybe a little bit but it was fine i loved it and even uh, him catching mj that was which was like the biggest fan theory after the second trailer you know that happened to be true so that was pretty cool as well let's talk about toby mcguire first i again like i said i was so happy to see that so to see that guy on the big screen again and you know again those character interactions are golden you know him explaining his organic web shooters and uh, him explaining about what happened to harry osborn and then poking fun at the previous movies poking fun at spider-man 3 uh all that was amazing and but more importantly the best part was um that last bit of interaction between him and doc ock uh where doc ock asks uh, how are you you you're so old now and toby mcguire just says trying to do better it's a call back to spider-man 2 where uh doc ock and him first meet and it's just it's such a small thing it's such a subtle thing but when i saw it i it just made me so happy like that's quality fan service i am a fan and i feel serviced i was happy that's all i want i do wish i do wish uh, that toby maguire's peter parker and you know willem dafoe's you know norman osborn they had more interaction they barely had any the goblin just stabbed him and yeah that was a pretty intense moment but apart from that there was just zero interaction you know i wish there was something maybe even in the post credits or something i don't know but yeah that was, that felt like a bit of a gap uh but yeah the way he kind of you know holds back tom holland from actually going into full rage mode that was that was pretty you know pretty intense yeah this movie just made so good use of you know the characters you know and love it's 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 great and i loved it it feels unreal but i loved it and i'm probably going to watch this movie a third time okay now we talked about everything else let's talk about tom holland's peter parker and even though everyone is talking about and is excited about andrew garfield and toby maguire this is unquestionably tom holland's film okay here's the thing i like homecoming and far from home but i wasn't really blown away by them they weren't really my favorite spider-man movies they were solid movies but i i like it didn't really appeal to me all that much as you know spider-man 2 kind of blew my mind and spider-man into the spider-verse blew my mind and that's still my favorite spider-man movie uh and same with spider-man 2 and the reason for that i think you know that i've always felt something missing from you know the from homecoming and far from home and i've tried to kind of you know articulate what that is uh which you know which makes me makes me like them less and that's basically drama there's not enough drama in these mcu movies mcu movies are in general much more lighthearted and these these spider-man movies are like are literally comedies and uh because there have been five movies before you know homecoming you have like this expectation of what a spider-man movie is if you look at all these first five movies you know 
they, they basically have a similar template and similar tone and feel even though you know they are different with you know plots and stuff literally all of their villains are science experiments gone wrong you're getting my point right and they have a similar tone and they have a lot of drama and they have a lot of good key moments which it gives me chills you know even even the amazing spider-man 2 has certain moments which give me the chills and the home trilogy these the, the mcu films have very they have them but there are very there are very few of those you know see this entire trilogy is basically a coming of age story where the main character just happens to be spider-man and you have to realize that that spider-man in this in at least homecoming and far from he was just a kid you know i mean this is for the first i grew up with this character and while watching homecoming it was the first time that the character on screen is about my age fun fact he's literally like he was born on august 2001 if you you know pause at uh the, his passport and far from home but again random trivia useless trivia and you know in the older films they they just go from that spider bite and to like adult pro spider-man in like a few scenes and they act like as if they're uh, as if they're in their mid-20s and in these films they they really explore that gen z trope really well and I, i've always felt that tom holland spider-man was a more privileged spider-man you know with financial privilege under you know living with his aunt and also he's connected with the avengers and tony stark and he has all this tech he has all this cushion and that's what people hated the most you know Pe- people wanted a more you know bare bones struggling uh peter parker whose life was basically shit <laughs> for the lack of a better word see here's the thing the, the older movies they had like like i said they had like a 5 minute transition from when uh peter gets bitten by the spider to his you know he's just pro spider-man now just spider-maning his way through new york city it just it, there's just 5 minutes of gap the mcu basically gave us an entire trilogy to fill that gap you know he is now the pro adult spider-man by the end of this movie and he's like he's back to basics he doesn't have that tech and more importantly he's like really lonely and i think that it's 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 a soft reboot i think marvel just basically listened to the fans and fans were really complaining about uh, you know tom holland spider parker being too dependent on stark technology and everything being you know tied back to tony stark and i felt that too but you know they just really kind of pushed all the gears and went all in with that you know uh to comic accurate peter parker and comic accurate spider-man and you know him living in a single bedroom apartment in new york city and sewing himself a new suit that's you know that's basically the completion of his character arc of uh which started at homecoming like i said it's a coming of age story he's finally an adult now you really get to see him mature across these three, three films and again there was the turning point of of the of this movie which was aunt may's death and she delivers the responsibility line i think this was really important because for the first time in these three movies he actually gets to experience loss at a personal level and that was basically a huge factor of you know pushing his character arc is pushing his character forward
and i think he also got inspired by the other versions of him which also kept him going since these movies were really targeted as teen comedies there was no scope of drama which i mean fine i think it's it's, it's the issue in the direction but the film has it's not as visually rich has the older movies in terms of tone and uh, i'm not fully sure how to explain it but i think it's it's the visuals and that that uh, exaggerated drama and that tone which we, is what i expect out of a spiderman film they they like in their effort to be different and fresh uh, they really dialed back down on all that drama there were of course like i said parts of it spread throughout all these films the entire film again acts like a comedy uh, an mcuified version i mean to be honest like the movie these movies don't take themselves too seriously like the entire entrance of uh, andrew garfield and toby maguire as much as i loved it thinking back it just it just it felt like i was watching a clip a saturday night live clip on youtube with uh, andrew garfield and toby maguire over there yeah like i hope you're getting what i'm trying to say i mean, i i mean, i love that scene but it was there was that that epicness you know which these older movies had is actively missing in this entire trilogy and even though there are very key important moments uh they're not very you know very well conveyed through the visual medium and that's the only issue i have in this film as well as homecoming and far from home it just doesn't feel uh visceral visually visceral if that's a word but i just wish from now on the future spiderman movies i mean they ended the the, the trajectory of the character uh, by the end of this film is i think in a very perfect position and i think they just like uh the future movies should have a little should take themselves a little more seriously with a more serious tone and not uh this comedic uh vibe i like i liked it for homecoming but i mean it's it's it shouldn't be like this default thing for spiderman um he, the guy has been through a lot and i think a more serious tone um or or future films would be able to kind of would be like better to be honest and that's what i expect i just want a solid epic swinging sequence we haven't gotten a proper swing sequence since like the amazing spiderman 2 in 2014 far from home had one but it didn't feel epic it didn't feel epic as spiderman 2 it didn't feel epic as the amazing spiderman 2 but now 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 that his character arc is complete and he's the adult we know like he's the adult now i really hope that the future movies take a more serious tone so yeah that was basically my thoughts and ramblings on spiderman no way home and uh, yeah it's it's not a perfect spiderman movie but it's definitely the most fun i've ever had in the theater my throat my throat was really sore by like uh after walking out of the theater i i screamed and cheered so much the energy the vibe was just hit different dude and yeah i loved it i i watched it twice once in imax once in regular 
I'll watch I'm planning to watch it a third time again in IMAX and yeah yeah, I'm 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 desperately trying uh, waiting for it to hit digital, so I can actually play it all over and over again as much as I want. But yeah, I'll just stop talking. I'll shut up. Uh, I've rambled enough. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, hopefully, the next episode will be on the Matrix Resurrections. I will have to rewatch the original Matrix trilogy. trilogy. Um, in preparation but yeah uh, so yeah, that should be out soon as well there, there's a lot of stuff coming out in December but yeah that's basically it thank you so much for listening and I'll catch you guys in the next one cheers